Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. Hello, uh, wow. Nope, that's not it. Nope, uh, that's it. Garrison, <laughs> we've started the episode. <laughs> no. Yes, we did. I didn't want to. The episode has begun. It cannot be unbegunneded. Oh, that's let's, horrible. Uh, let's let's roll right into it. Let's talk more yeah, about okay. fascism in Canada, Garrison. So, well, welcome. This is it could happen here um, today. The uh, today the here is, uh, is is Canada. That is the that is where it could happen. Um, this is going to be part two of my little deep dive uh, into Canadian fascism and the far right rumblings in general in the Great White North. And oh God, that is a bad. Bad nickname for Canada, the Great White North. <laughs> did not, uh, not inaccurate. Did not really think that one through. <laughs> Oopsie doodle. Um, maybe they did. Maybe they, yeah, there's a good chance they did. <laughs> anyway, um, in the last episode, we left off with the Canadian yellow vests um, and a, you know, a frightening increase in Islamophobia and anti-immigration rhetoric around late 2017 and 2018 after Trump's election. And we started the last episode by talking about one of Canada's uh, first fascist political parties. And we're going to start part two by talking about Canada's new neo-fascist political party that also got started inside the province of Quebec, uh, just like the National Unity Party did. Uh, This one is called the People's Party of Canada. 
um, before we get into the People's Party, I'm first going to give some background on the founder of the party, Maxine Bernier. Um, and oh, that's, how, that's, that's how I'm going to say his name. Um, no one at me. I, it's good enough. Um, Bernier was born in Quebec in 1963 and is the son of a conservative talk radio host turned politician. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny how that keeps happening? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So Bernier uh, entered politics in 2006. Um, he ran as the Conservative Party candidate for the House of Commons in the same riding district that his father had represented uh, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, Stephen Harper, leader of the new United Conservative Party, initially wanted Maxine's father to re-enter politics, but Bernier Sr. was less keen on that idea and instead told Harper that he that uh, perhaps his son should run in his place. Oh, radio and nepotism. Amazing. Radio and nepotism. Yep, and, yep. and politicians and, yeah. Starting so, great. It is, it is starting great. Um, so at, at this point, Bernier was more of like a free market libertarian, libertarian-y type guy, uh, you know, still with some of the same like conservative I- I- immigration stuff that's, that's common in Quebec, but he was more of just like a, a libertarian dude. Bernier easily won the riding. Ridings are what we call districts here in the States, ranking at 67% of the popular vote, which was the largest majority for a conservative politician outside of the province of Alberta. So he, he, did, he did very well. Uh, Bernier, who had a background in business, uh, quickly rose through the ranks of the conservative party. Uh, within the same year, he was appointed to be a cabinet minister in the Harper government. Um, and he worked as a as an uh, industry minister from 2006 to 2007 before being promoted to a foreign affairs minister. Then in, in 2011, he was appointed as he was appointed as minister of the state. So in in spring of 2016, after the fifth after the 2015 federal election, uh, Bernier put in his bid to be the new elected Conservative Party leader. Um, so. I'm going to briefly explain how Canadian elections work. You you don't vote for a prime minister. You vote for a party within your specific district. If you if if your party wins, they get a seat in parliament. Whoever has the most seats in parliament, that's whose prime minister gets elected. So whoever is whoever is the leader of the party, they will be prime minister if that party gets the most seats. So in 2016, Bernier put in his bid to be the new Conservative Party leader. Uh, he got remarkably close to securing the spot uh, as leader of the Conservatives. In the final right. round of voting, he received 49.05% of the vote, uh, losing to Saskatchewan Conservative politician Andrew Scheer, who got 50.9%. So oh boy. Less, less than a 2% difference. He was so close to becoming leader of the Conservative Party. Like, ridiculous. So, yeah, after his extremely slight loss, he continued to work in Scheer's Conservative Party for a few years. Um, If you remember from the last episode, around this time was when the Islamophobia and anti-immigration talking points were starting to gain a new popularity. And Bernier followed along with this trend. He would tweet out about the dangers of extreme multiculturalism. And he had like an increasingly racist and divisive rhetoric, and that kind of caused some drama within the conservative establishment. So in August of 2018, around the same time the Yellow Vest movement in Canada was starting up, uh, Bernier uh, resigned from the Conservative Party with the stated intention of forming a new federal populist far-right political party. Um, here, here, here's a segment from his resignation speech, and he, he does talk in a very thick French accent. I am not going to do that. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> 
I'm that. helping here. No, yeah, you're, you're really helping me channel, channel the energy. Um, Sacre bleu! Wow, I really that was that, that was just direct audio Horrible. from his speech. Yeah, Horrible. that was. Instead of leading as a principled conservative and defending the interests of Canada and Canadians, Andrew Scheer is following the Trudeau liberals. I was told that internal polling is showing that the liberals' response to Trump is popular, and that in six months, if the polls change, the party's stand may change too. The same thing happened in reaction to my tweets on diversity and multiculturalism. This is another crucial debate for the future of our country. Do we want to emphasize our ethnic and religious differences or exploit them to buy votes as the liberals are doing? Or emphasize what unites us and the values that can guarantee social cohesion? Just like other Western societies grappling with this issue, a large number of Canadians, and certainly the vast majority of conservatives, are worried that we are heading in the wrong direction. But it's not correct to raise such questions. <laughs> So yeah, and I think the, honestly, one of the main reasons why uh, uh, Bernier hasn't been super successful um, is because of his accent. Like, like it be, he is—it's harder for Protestant white Canadians to support him because he talks with a French Canadian accent. Um, if 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 he talked in like good English, I think he he would have he would have won conservative leadership. Um, and his populist party would be way more popular than 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 it is now. So critical so, support so, to, yes. to <laughs> other French racism is preventing the racists from being racist yes. enough. Yes, you love to see. You it. love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> you certainly see it. <laughs> we do. We do see it. So Bernier faced some pushback from his conservative colleagues, including Stephen Harper, um, of trying to divide the right and split the right of center vote. Um, and some of the less socially conservative members of the main conservative party uh, decried Bernier's departure and subsequent New People's Party as just a plain attempt to pander to xenophobia and racist right-wingers. But Bernier went right to work and ran enough candidates under his new party to secure a spot in the federal election debates that were like, that you know, how we watch presidential debates, same thing, but these have, you know, multiple candidates because there's multiple parties, same thing. Uh, but basically, he, he, he was able to get in the televised debates. Um, the PPC, uh, which is the People's Party of Canada, I'm just going to say the PPC now because it sounds funny. Um, they started going viral on the internet after pictures of massive billboards with Bernard's face and big text that said "Say no to mass immigration." This 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 got very this got very memey uh, around like 20, uh, 2019. These big these big PPC billboards. Um, I'm I'm going to read a bit from a write up in It's Going Down by some local uh, Montreal anti-fascists. There have been suggestions that the PPC spokesperson and architect of its public relations strategy, Martin Mass, has been key to its embrace of the far right. Mass was owner of the publisher of the Quebecois Libre, which is a, an online libertarian news outlet that shut down in 2016, and that PP, but that PPC's cozy relationship with racists is primarily due to the influence of this one person is highly doubtful. However, it's the PPC is positioning itself as the option of choice for those who find the conservative party insufficiently right-wing. Racism is clearly just one of the most effective tools for such a strategy. Witnessing PPC billboards and tweets against mass immigration, also tweets about being against Antifa, and uh, Bernier's diatribe about radical Islam being the biggest threat to freedom and peace and security in the world today, and how he complains about other parties are, are complacent and pandering to Islamists and promising that the PPC will make no compromise with the totalitarian ideology. 
A number of media articles have revealed the far-right connections to people active in the PPC as organizers and members whose signatures were used for the PPC to gain official party status. Um, for instance, uh, Derek Horn, who's a PPC volunteer and a security agent who accompanied Bernier at, at a variety of events and media interviews, he has been revealed to be a founding member of the neo-fascist Canadian Nationalist Party, which we, we briefly mentioned in the last episode. Um, Sean Walker is an American immigrant and organizer with the PPC in St. Catharines, um, as well as one of the people who signed on for PPC to be an official party. He was revealed to be the president of the National Alliance, a U.S.-based neo-Nazi organization oh in boy. 2007. Yay! Um, he was also National Alliance! He was also convicted of hate crimes at the time for violence against people of color. Um, following these revelations, Walker was expelled from the PPC, and uh, Bernard claimed that he'd slipped through the party's vetting process. However, it was uh -huh. also revealed that Bernard follows him on Twitter. Um, <laughs> others who signed up for the, for the PPC to be an official party include Janice Balch, a founding member of the Patriotic Europeans Against the Islamification of Occident. And also Justin L. Smith, leader of this of the Sudbury chapter of the Soldiers of Odin. So a whole bunch of whole bunch of fascist people are working work, working for the party. Um, and un unsurprisingly, a number of a number of candidates have made headlines about their, as their you know social media posts from the past and present have surfaced, featuring like racism, Islamophobia, and uh, a lot of spreading of far right conspiracy theories. You know that was just kind of common. There's too many, honestly, to mention. <laughs> Um, and it's it's not just that the PPC has a few bad apples in it. It's like the whole the whole party is rife with these kind of one these kind of sentiments. Um, one gauge of this and the sign and a sign that like this is intentional is the as uh, looking at the candidates who have left the party or have been kicked out when it became clear that there would be no uh, condemnation of the far right from the upper ranks. Uh, there was like, and, and just in like twenty nineteen alone, there was like three candidates who were e who left or were either kicked out. Um, because they, you know, had objections to the racism rampant within the party. They, they were like complaining about, "Hey, these guys seem kind of racist," and then they were kicked out of the party, or, 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 or they left. So, yeah, that's that's a uh, not a good problem to have. Um, so, in in uh, finishing up this this little quote here, um, indeed, a cursory a, a cursory uh, look at the Facebook pages of PPC candidates reveals what's been really noteworthy is how selective the news stories about racist tweets or Facebook posts have been. Almost every PPC candidate in Quebec has uh, recently and repeatedly shared articles from climate denialist sources, including many with a conspiratorial bent. Uh, a candidate. For Papa New even produced his own YouTube expose revealing how George Soros is behind an international globalist conspiracy theory to crash economies and make money spending um, uh, panic about climate change. Uh, secondary to climate denial, there's a lot of fears around free speech and mass immigration, uh, which are both recurring themes in the PPC candidates. And roughly one in five have recently shared news articles from what we would deem uh, national populist or far-right sources, including lesmanchettes.com, which is the website of the French language of the French language translator of the Christchurch um, Manifesto. Um, Jesus. And that th th the guy who runs that website is also involved with organizing in the Montreal in the Montreal chapter of the Elevests. Sorry. Um, yeah, so he, he he both translated the manifesto, and he's also running the Montreal Yellowvest movement. So that's fun. Um, it's not fun. It's bad. Um, André Pitry? Pitry? Wow, that is French. So, you remember, so 
I didn't learn French in Canada because I was in a weird Christian private school. Otherwise, I could be a lot better at this job. Um, yeah. But so, so anyway, uh, there's there's a there's a there's a there's just like a far right YouTube channel uh, with this guy uh, called a uh, Studio, who a lot of his stuff was shared. Um, and there's a more like eccentric and sporadic mix. Of, of, of other news sources, including uh, Unite the Right attendee Faith Goldie, who also ran for mayor of Toronto and got third place, um, Quebec-based QAnon figure uh, Alexis Trudel, um, and the alt-right YouTuber Black Pigeon Speaks. Of course, the main Yellow Vests page was sh shared a lot, and also sources from the highly racist uh, The Voice of Europe. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of not, not great news sources being, being shared by the PPC. Um, <laughs> So that is the gist of the People's Party as of 2019. Um, overall, their performance in the 2019 election was kind of a flop. Uh, Bernard lost his own seat in Quebec. No PPC <laughs> candidates got into office, and the party only managed to get one. Uh, and the party only managed to get 1.6% of the total national popular vote. So that's good. It only got 1.6% of all of the votes in Canada. So we're, we're, we're going to take a break from the People's Party for now, and we will circle back towards it um, at the end. But uh, after, after an yeah. ad break, we will, we will talk about the, uh, what the main conservative party was up to during this time and, oh, uh, no. and a little bit after the 2019 election. So Yeah. Yep, and now the cat's just blocking the whole thing. All right. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Me. 
Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. We're back. The cat is in the bathroom. I moved my cat. Stay blocking the camera. Hello. Um, People's Party. Not doing great in the first election. That's fun. Let's see what the regular conservatives were up to. I'm sure it was things that are just good and cool. <sighs> if I know anything about conservatives, it's that they're not... <sighs> not hashtag Racist. problematic? Yeah. Yeah. You just let's just go, Garrison. Okay. Just, just go. I'll, <laughs> I'll just be sad over here and the audience can know that I'm sad the whole time you're talking. I would rather this episode be not such a not such a downer, but it, it's it's hard to make these kind of an upper. It's uh, Well, I'll I'll make a bargain with the audience that if they listen, I will I will do my French accent at least one more time. Oh boy. I will say Doing the French accent, this is the happiest I have seen Robert all day. Like, <laughs> well, the he smile is, on his He does face. look very tired. <laughs> you, so. you did say earlier, Garrison, and this was very funny, that you'd be better at your job if you could speak French. But yeah. given what we are here at, at, at Cool Zone <laughs> Media, you would actually be much worse at your job if you could pronounce anything. <laughs> um, and in fact, if you, if, if you were to speak French, I would, I would fire you immediately. It's actually a requirement that, that you can't pronounce things. To work no. for our, our network. Certainly not French. There's other <laughs> languages you're allowed to know how to pronounce, but not French. No habla français. Perfect. A raise. Yeah. He gets a raise. <laughs> <laughs> so let's pick up right after Maxine Bernier lost the conservative leadership to Andrew Scheer in 2016, uh, in 2017. Um, Scheer won the leadership on a uh, on on like a platform of classical financial conservatism and a slightly more socially moderate platform. Um, when Scheer got into office, though, one of the things he faced criticism for, even among the conservative caucus, was his association with a little caucus. media with was his association with a little media outlet called Rebel Media. Oh, good. Um, yeah. Oh no. So, but yeah. most most listeners may not know what Rebel Media is, but you've certainly seen their stuff or felt their effect. Yeah, it's like the rough draft of Breitbart and also Canadian. And Canadian, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> So, Canadian, uh, so uh, Rebel Media is a Canadian far-right neo-fascist propaganda outlet started in 2015 that has a, a lot of a lot of Breitbarty vibes. Um, Rebel Media, yeah, Breitbartesque. Uh, Rebel Media hosts and contributors have included a white nationalist and white genocide proponent Lauren Southern um, and Proud Boy founder Gavin McGuinness. Um, McGuinness pr- produced a quote satirical video for Rebel called. Ten things I hate about the Jews. Um, Jesus fucking Christ! Oh, yeah, <sighs> yeah. So, it, and, and, it, and it, it is worth noting that both Southern and McGinnis are Canadian. Um, there are actually a lot of uh, alt right figures that are Canadian. Of course, yeah. we have we have Lauren Southern, Gavin McGinnis. Um, we have Stephen Crowder, uh, Stefan Molyneux, and of course Jordan Peterson. All of those people are, are Canadian, and most Dr. of them. Jordan Balthazar Peterson, yeah. Most of them still live in Canada. When they're still not alive? In Russia, 
Yes, he's still alive. He made he made an insane tweet the other day. God, he made the most unhinged tweet. tweet. No, that tweet made it all worthwhile, baby. He got everyone go check his Twitter feed. It is amazing. You can you can hear his brain shorting out when you read that tweet. Like you need to find this. You need to find the tweet. It is it is just ah, it is the most beautiful piece of poetry I've ever read. It's it's like somebody taught a stroke how to type. <laughs> it makes no sense. God, it's so good. Um, I I'm going to quote an article by uh, GlobalNews.ca um, on Andrew Shear and Rebel Media. Quote, despite a string of controversies faced by Canadian right-wing media outlet The Rebel, including allegations of downplaying the Holocaust, uh, newly minted Conservative Party leader Andrew Scheer has so far continued to make himself available to the company that other uh, prominent conservative politicians have criticized for its controversial reporting and activism. Scheer's campaign organization also has a direct connection to The Rebel. His campaign manager, Hamish Marshall, is listed as the director of the company's federal incorporation records, which show its most recent annual gathering meeting was in February of this year. Following the leadership election in Toronto on Saturday, Scheer granted one-on-one interviews with a handful of major media organizations, including a face-to-face interview with the Rebels' Ottawa correspondent, Brian Lilly. Prior to his convention interview, Scheer appeared on The Rebel in February in a studio interview with host Faith Goldie on her show, uh, On the Hunt. At the end of the discussion, uh, Goldie asked Sheer if, if he would agree to go on a duck hunting trip with her after uh, after he wins the leadership on Canada Day, which he agreed to. Um, we briefly mentioned Faith Goldie earlier and her connection to the People's Party um, and her brief uh, campaign for the Toronto mayor. But here's some more background on her um, and her okay. coverage and her coverage of the Unite the Right rally uh, for Rebel Media, uh, quoting from uh, Winnipeg Free Press. In the course of her dispatches, Goldie argued the events in Charlottesville were evidence of a rising white racial consciousness that was going to change the political landscape in America. She also went to All right, great... well, she's actually not wrong there. That was... Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's not wrong, but I think not she's... incorrect. She's on the other side of the aisle on whether this is a good or bad thing. Um, yeah. She went to great lengths to laud the 20-point Metapolitical Manifesto composed by white nationalist leader Richard Spencer, a document that includes calls to organize uh, uh, states along ethnic and racial divides and celebrates the superiority of white America. Faith uh, Goldie describes Spencer's manifesto as robust and well thought out. Uh, Goldie was fired by Rebel in mid-August in 2017, but not due to her participation in Unite the Right, she was fired for appearing on a Daily Stormer podcast to discuss oh. Unite the Right. Oh, good. See? So, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yep. that's that's fine. So, that's yeah. That's fine. Nice to have her interviewing conservative leader Andrew Scheer. Uh. Asked for his reaction to Unite the Right and Rebel Media um, after what happened in Charlottesville in 2017. Uh, Shear, who had previously been interviewed by Rebel multiple times, uh, finally disavowed the outlets, saying, Look, I believe there's a fine line between covering events and giving a platform to groups who are promoting a vile and disgusting point of view. I won't be granting interviews going forward. So that's nice that it took someone dying in Charlottesville to realize that you probably shouldn't talk to the fascist media source. Um, So in the aftermath of Unite the Right, the mainstream conservatives kind of had to tread carefully around social issues because it's like, oh, yeah, they're they're still Nazis. We probably shouldn't be pandering to them. Um, But as more time and distance let the air cool, some conservatives went back to the same old rhetoric around the 2019 election. 
Um, uh, for instance, in his 2019 election campaign, uh, Tom Kamek, uh, the parliamentary representative, uh, one of the parliamentary representatives for Calgary, Alberta, wrote out and spread fo- uh, flyers with the all caps with the, the all caps header of "Crisis at the Border." Uh, with text reading, Dear Constituent, the Independent Auditor General of Canada has published a scathing report confirming that the Ottawa Liberals have failed to safely and responsibly manage Canada's borders. Since Justin Trudeau irresponsibly tweeted out that Canada would open its borders to anyone seeking entry, the number of people illegally crossing the border into Canada from the United States has surged past 1,000 a month, with almost 20,000 people illegally entering in 2018 alone. And while speaking to voters, uh, Kamek repeatedly insisted that all the problems of people illegally crossing the Canadian border isn't a symptom of a failure of systems to respond to a growing crisis, but merely a failure for Border Patrol to, uh, to assert control over people. Um, quotes and flyer courtesy of, of, about this t- uh, Tom uh, Kemick guy are courtesy of uh, Dan Olson of Folding Ideas. He's a great Canadian documentarian who released a magnificent piece on QAnon and conspiracy theories last year on his YouTube channel, uh, Folding ideas. Overall, I really, really like Dan. He he makes very good stuff. Um, so thank thank you to him for sending me those 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 flyers. Um, anyway, uh, during the 2019 election, uh, Scheer led the Conservatives to gain a total of 26 seats in uh, the par- inside Parliament, going from 95 up to 121. But they did finish 36 seats behind the Liberals, despite beating the Liberals in the popular vote by uh, 1.3%. So that was uh, 34.4% for Conservatives and 33.1% of the popular vote for Liberals. The margin was just over like 240,000 votes. Um, The Liberals lost 20 seats in the election and the NDP lost 15 seats. And this was the first time since, t- uh, since 1979 that a party won the most seats without also winning the popular vote. Um, what, what pushed the conservatives over on the popular vote was due to, you know, extremely high conservative turnout in, uh, in, in, in various, in various writings. So basically more conservatives voted in certain writings than they usually do. So even if the liberals still win the district, there were still more conservative votes to be counted. Um, and also they basically swept the prairie provinces of Alberta and Saskatchewan, where they won 70% of the vote and 65% of the vote uh, respectively. Uh, but their victories in those states and their higher turnout did not convert into many seats because the, the less population-dense areas have fewer federal ridings and fewer available seats. Um, and the, the, the liberals had to rely heavily uh, for seats in uh, Ontario, the, you know, the most populous province that includes cities like uh, Toronto um, and you know, other, a, a few other big cities. So, you know, Canada doesn't have the most democratic system. Like, so the same way, you know, we, we, in the states we're familiar with you know, people losing popular votes— um, but still getting elected president and stuff. You know, in Canada, it's, 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 it's a little bit different because of how you vote for parties in your own little district. Um, but, you know, it's still not perfect, right? Because, like, I, it, is, it, it does feel weird for the leader, of, uh, the leader of the country to not have, his party to not have also won the popular vote because of how, you know, districts work out and how higher turnout in some areas doesn't mean that it's going to have more seats. Um, you know, but the other side of things here is that, like, Canada also d- doesn't have ranked choice. So, like, still, the majority of people voted for left-of-center candidates, if you include, you know, the Green Party, the NDP, and the Liberals. So even though Liberals lost the popular vote, there still was, like, a majority left-of-center voting. So if they, had, if they had ranked choice, maybe the results would have been different. So Canada's system, it, it definitely is imperfect for how they do elections. Um, I, would, I would prefer ranked choice as, you know, basically, every, basically I would prefer that for, like, every country if they're going to have elections. Um, 
So yeah, just kind of explaining why they can lose the popular vote, but still, you know, still win a majority controlling government. Um, so after the election, uh, Scheer announced he was resigning as head of the conservatives in December of 2019. Uh, this was after it was revealed that he had used party funds for his children's own private schooling. So good for him. Um, a new bid for conservative leadership went into effect. We're going to mainly focus on two candidates here. Uh, there was uh, Aaron O'Toole and Derek Solon. Um, O'Toole fancies himself as another kind of like classic financial conservative and a social moderate. He feels more like the old progressive conservative candidates from back before the 2003 Unite the Right merger. Um, we got some like John McCain vibes here. Um, but Derek Solon is more similar to the farther right parts of the U.S.'s current Republican Party, like anti-abortion, anti-LGBT, racist tweets, etc., um, but a as a whole, uh, Solon's extremism was rejected by Canadian conservatives. Um, he got only he got like only fourth he got fourth place with fifteen percent of the vote during the first round of voting, um, and ultimately O'Toole won leadership after three rounds of votes. Um, and O'Toole now has the has the new challenge of trying to appeal to the Canadian conservatives' more moderate wing as well as the more Trumpian wing that's developed the past few years. He's been relatively successful in crafting like a, a boring, polite Canadian version of Trump's nationalism with slogans like Canada first and take Canada back, um, you know, despite supporting trade deals, outsourcing Canadian jobs to cheaper overseas markets hmm. because they never actually mean what they say. Mm -hmm. um, and, the, and as the liberals have grown more aware of Canada's bloody history and have like toned down the red and white maple leaf patriotism, the Conservative Party under O'Toole has seized on this opportunity to make Canadian patriotism more of a right-leaning staple, just like patriotism is, is, you know, is more of like a right-wing thing in the States. So basically, after we've, we're like, oh yeah, residential schools were bad, Canada's kind of fucked up, liberals are like, okay, we maybe shouldn't be, we shouldn't be waving our ma maple leaf flags everywhere. Maybe we're not a perfect country. The conservatives are like, no, you have to be proud to be Canadian. So they've kind of taken patriotism to be their new thing. Well, previously, it was much more of like a liberal thing. The Islamophobia and overt religious bigotry under O'Toole has been slightly trimmed down, um, and climate change has at least been mentioned as existing. Um, but there has also been increased discussion on trying to hack down Canada's health care and privatize more aspects of it, which... Yeah, good job, guys. Take away the only good part of Canada. <laughs> um, I like uh, the province of Alberta under uh, Jason Kenney has done this to a disastrous effect, um, raising the cost of, of medical care for lower class people, many of whom voted conservative. Um, I have family in Alberta, and the, just the past five years, the changes to the healthcare system there has been horrible. Um, it's not. It's not great. So basically, what, what what O'Toole wants is he he wants he wants to base, just, just privatize more elements of it. He has a specific term he uses, like he wants like a he wants to like split the Fed like the like the taxpayer healthcare and privatized healthcare into two sections, and you can choose which one to join in. Anyway, it's silly. Um, O'Toole did take a wee little stance to distance himself from the more extreme wings of his party when he decided to remove MP Derek Solon from the caucus. Uh, O'Toole announced that Solon would not be allowed to run as a candidate for the uh, for the Conservative Party in the next election either, saying, uh, racism is a disease of the soul, repugnant to our core values. It has no place in our country and has no place in the Conservative Party of Canada. I won't tolerate it. Um, also, last year, O'Toole refused to say whether he thinks systemic racism exists. Um, hmm. The, uh, the, but the decision to remove uh, Solon was uh, made after it was revealed that he accepted a donation from the Canadian Nazi Paul Fromm during, <laughs> uh, during Solon's bid for uh, conservative leadership. 
Uh, back in the 90s, uh, Fromm was a figurehead of the Canadian far-right movement appearing at heritage front rallies and uh, also caught on video at a party celebrating Hitler's birthday, uh, which he lost his high school teaching job over. So, Well, yeah. look, it's just polite to celebrate a guy's birthday, you know, whether or not he's Hitler. Under no circumstances do you gotta <laughs> s- celebrate <laughs> Hitler's birthday. Hitler's birthday. <laughs> this, this, isn't, this isn't a hot take. Um, so th- th- there has been a bit of the ri- there has been a bit of a rift in the Conservative Party over how much Trumpian rhetoric should be allowed in the Canadian Conservative Party, um, and this kind of rift has definitely increased after January sixth. Um, the The problem for conservative politicians is that to win elections, they need to appeal to the largest swath of voters, um, and that includes more socially conservative and increasingly far right rural folks. But if they go too far, they'll lose the moderates to the Liberal Party. So you have to, it's like this delicate balance. But to kind of give you like an overview of what the current state of the conservative like votership is, um, four in ten of the Conservative Party of Canada members, so you know people signed up to vote in the party, uh, you know r- regular people. Um, Four in ten would say that they would have voted for Trump. Four in ten say that they think Democrats stole the twenty twenty presidential election, and Ooh. four in ten say that the conservative uh, and, and four in ten believe that the January sixth riot was staged or right. was done by the Democrats or done Amazing. by Antifa. So that's kind of right. the state of the conservative party in Canada for like the for the voters. So you know politicians have to kind of in order to win they need they need still, they still need, still need to appeal to those people, but they don't want to do that thing usually like they usually don't like usually they're the like a big talking point is like rejecting the divisive politics of the of of the of the united states like that's like a big thing people say in canada is that yeah. like they, they they don't want it to become like you know like a, a fighting match because like the, the other main difference between canada's elections and america's elections is like america is like always an election season right like every you know even after each election it's like you feel like campaigns start right up again um Canada's campaigns only run like a few months before the election. Like, like it is not like a yeah. Always that's a thing. one of those things you guys do objectively better than us, yes. and a lot of the world does. It's not just Canada. The idea that like, oh, elections are terrible. We should spend as little time as it's possible like, it's having like them. Two, like <laughs> two or three months of campaigning. That's it. Like, yeah. it's, it's not. It's not like a two-year, four-year thing. No, that is a thing that we should absolutely. The election should be about eleven minutes from yeah. from the start of the campaign to the votes. <laughs> Everybody gets a minute to explain their uh, their politics, and then we vote, and then we throw them into the sea. Yeah. So, <sighs> right, trying to trying to craft marketing to the divided right wing, it's been interesting to watch. You know, there's like videos of O'Toole walking through you know downtowns with pride flags in the background, and you know, featuring visible like minority Canadians intermingling. But then you also have O'Toole like railing against cancel culture. Fueling suggestions that the, that the liberal government's pandemic response is part of a socialist great reset and pulling out the dog whistle on like China and the coronavirus, you know, as often as he can. Um, O'Toole's in the past also downplayed Canadians' residential schools program um, and described uh, the efforts of activists pushing to removal of statues of the of the residential school architects as stupid. Um, so I, I, I do think O'Toole prefers a conservative party resistant to far right branding but he knows he needs to appeal to those voters in order to win elections. So it's, 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 it's just it's a thing that's not great, but it's interesting to watch. Um, 
In August of 2021, Justin Trudeau, noted blackface appreciator, uh, called a snap election in an effort to gain more parliamentary seats in hopes of getting a majority liberal government. Something a prime minister should not be allowed to do, by the way. Like, a prime minister should not be able to decide when to do elections. That is, like, should totally not be a thing. Like, what? No. You shouldn't do that. But anyway, um, as the 2021 snap election ramped up, the Conservative Party under O'Toole made some uh, extremely questionable choices for their marketings and their slogans. Um, what does the phrase secure the future bring to mind? Uh, Anything? The 14, the 14 words. words. Yeah. yeah. So that became the new tagline for the entire Conservative Party under O'Toole. Oh, Great. Boy. Okay, sure. We got, we got, we got, we got secure the future billboards. We got, we got, we got websites, conservative.ca slash secure the future. Uh, we got mailers, magazine covers, all emblazoned with secure the future or secure our future. Um, it's and you know what'll secure our future, Garrison? The, the, the Chevron ads that keep popping up. Uh-huh. Yeah. That we keep Chevron trying to get rid is of. securing our future. Yeah. It's great. It's, You're welcome. It's a great time. Chevron appreciators. Which is everyone. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. 
Ah, we're back and just appreciating Chevron. Just like Justin Trudeau appreciates Just like Justin Trudeau. Yeah. So, Secure the Future, great slogan. Not a good slogan. Bad. Um, I'm going to read a bit from a mailer that went out to Conservative Party members after O'Toole won leadership. Quote, Okay. I firmly believe Canada has everything it uh, has everything it takes to recover from COVID nineteen and enjoy a prosperous future if we have a government that knows how to secure the future. If the, if the yeah. tru- if the Trudeau Liberals stay in power, they'll continue spending taxpayer money at pandemic era levels long before long after the virus is behind us. The result: all the things we love about Canada will be in serious jeopardy. Our debt will become out of control, and they'll never be able to get back the Canada you and I grew up in—the kind of Canada our children and grandchildren deserve. So uh, later on in the page, O'Toole says we need to stand up to the Chinese Communist Party and hold Beijing accountable for sabotaging our economy and taking jobs from Canadian workers. Um, And on August 16th, the Canadian Conservative Party Twitter account tweeted out, and I quote, Canada's recovery program will secure the future for you, your children, and and your grandchildren. So... That's fun. Oh, also, also, guess yeah, how baby. guess guess how many words is in that last sentence? Fourteen. It's fourteen of them. Yeah. Yeah, we're go- going back to calling Canada Canada again. Uh, so yeah, that's fun. it's like a dog whistle, but except for you know a dog whistle, only dogs can hear it. it except everyone yeah, hears hear it. it. Yeah, it's you're just, you're it's just, just a whistle. It. It's just a, it's just a regular whistle. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it's it's that he just tweeted it. Tweet. Yeah. So as. Anyway, um, as O'Toole was getting all secure the future pilled, um, Canada's actual far-right populist party, the People's Party, was gaining much more popularity um, amid the pandemic and the anti-mask, anti-lockdown, anti-vax protests. The COVID-19 pandemic was a gift to the far-right in general, as it allowed the injection and proliferation of conspiracy theories to accelerate at levels almost never before seen, and provided fair recruiting ground to gain new followers. Uh, the PPC latched onto this and was extremely successful. They were, you know, they sponsored protests. They did a whole bunch of campaigns that are around like anti-mask stuff, anti-vaccine, you know, all all, all of it. Um, so the PPC was able to be not just a safe harbor for anti-immigration, white nationalists, neo-Nazis, and other far-right groups, but also now more mainstream anti-lockdown, anti-vax, and anti-government protesters, as well as you know, gun rights activists and some general rural workers feeling left behind from even the Conservative Party. So the PPC has changed from a niche white nationalist party to a full-blown far-right populist force. What Bernier and the, and the PPC have done so effectively since the pandemic is to use the broad concerns around COVID and freedom and the more you know mainstream concerns about economic anxieties, job loss, loss of businesses, immigration, and changing culture, and manage, and manage to roll all of these things up into one tight package, which is really appealing to a lot of Canadians who are very anxious about the state of their country, especially amid the COVID-19 pandemic. So the results of the September snap election, which was, you know, last month, uh, were basically the same as the 2019 election, um, except the PPC went from 1.6% of the vote to 5% of the vote. A, oh a big, a big change. Uh, they, that means they were ranking above the Green Party and nearly tying the bloc Québécois. So they made like... Québécois! I know like 1% to 5% doesn't seem like tons, but like this is a really big jump for a brand new party. Um, especially, especially if they're ahead of the Green Party and tying the Bloc Party. That is, like, a notable uh, shift. 
Um, the University of Gulaf professor uh, of, of political science, Tamara Small, said, that, said this after the results of the last snap election. Quote, I think the only leader who's ecstatic about last night's results is Bernier. I don't think they're going anywhere. I think it seems that he's taken the populism and attached it to far-right politics. The idea that Canada was immune to this sort of far-right populism, the idea that Canada was going to be free from the populism that we saw in Europe, like what Nigel Farage is in the UK— uh, but I think lots of people are wondering if Bernier is just going to say, I'm not here to form an actual government, I'm just here to challenge the system and use that as a way of gaining massive support. Um, after uh, CTV News uh, emailed the PPC for comment for their post-election story, uh, the party spokesperson sent back a one-line email response. I don't respond to requests from leftist activists masquerading as journalists. Get lost. So that's fun. Uh, also, in late September, uh, Bernier's Twitter account was temporarily suspended for encouraging his supporters to attack journalists. Ah, great. Yeah, just not, like, I'm okay with criticizing journalists and stuff because most journalists are, like, not great. But when you're using your political Twitter account to just, like, tell people to just go attack the press, usually it's a bad sign of, a, of a, like, a political party. Usually it's just like, yeah, political parties, when they do that, usually leads to bad things. Um we are going to talk about one, kind of wrapping up here, we're going to talk about one Ontario People's Party candidate named uh, Mario Greco, who is a, uh, an, another, uh, another high school teacher um, and self-proclaimed game developer. Um, of, 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 a few years ago, I, I, I see Chris's wincing because, like, you know, this can't lead oh, to good things. Oh, the gamers, it can't be good. <laughs> so a few years ago, uh, Greco made a video game called Happy Culture Shootout. Um, oh, good. Qu oh. Quoting an article from PressProgress.ca, Happy Culture Shootout is a Space Invaders-style game that allows players to control a spaceship that shoots laser beams at characters of various identity groups. Quote, this game is about an alien ordered to invade Earth and transport all humans to Happy Land, Greco says on his personal website, which includes other games that he authored, like Die Mar, which is about a young misunderstood oh hero God. who seeks to liberate post-war Germany. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. In a, in, a since deleted <gasps> in a since deleted video obtained by Press Progress, the People's Party candidate delivered a presentation to university students se several years ago, offering his post-mortem on the game. Um, Reco expressed surprise that his students and faculty reacted negatively to the game, with one calling it the most racist game I've ever played. Greco says his game is not racist in the slightest, noting that he made fun of his own Italian heritage. Uh, he also claimed that some students thought his gay pride parade level was hilarious. My friends and I love people of all cultures, and we also love humor of all types. That includes harmless racist jokes, Greco said in the video. Uh, the game was intended to make a joke about how ridiculous cultural stereotypes are, so we can laugh about it together and move on with our lives. Um, during the presentation, the People's Party candidate offered an uh, interesting side note about the game's Israel level. According, according to Greco, a faculty member at the university strongly recommended that he remove Jewish stereotypes from the game. He was like, no, get rid of it immediately. Don't have any religious content whatsoever. I know that subject is very, very touchy. So, yeah, this is just a, a game where you Great. mass shoot minority people. Um, anyway, in, in, in 2017, uh, Greco posted a photo on Facebook of an illustration of Pepe the Frog, which he said was drawn by one of his students in, in, in the whiteboard of his York region high school oh, um pepe had a little speech bubble that said free kekistan great yeah. yeah so now oh, look the gamers are nazis so currently greco is spending his time tweeting about critical race theory and trying to get into office under the people's party banner 
Um, in his Twitter bio, he calls himself an egalitarian libertarian nationalist. And he still also teaches computer science at Ontario All the High fun School. Different what? ways people call themselves fascists. I know it's isn't it fun? <laughs> it's really great. It's not fun. These people are all, all the worst, Ghouls. most scum. Um, and one one more thing before we sign off. Um, last month, right before the September election, uh, I was forwarded some pictures of some People's Party uh, of Canada posters and flyers put up linking to their campaign website that someone came across um, around town. Uh, not not Portland, like somewhere in Canada. Um, yeah. Under the PPC logo, there was, uh, you know, uh, pictures of people's faces and big black text that said, it's okay to be white. Oh, oh. great. Rad. So that's the liberal utopia of Canada, everybody. Um and love to see basically, it. yeah, like the reason why I wanted to put these episodes together is because like we, we lots of like, you know, we make a lot of jokes about, you know, escaping to Canada as the states gets too fascist. And I just want to like say, like, I'm not saying Canada is going to accelerate at the same rate, but Canada is not immune to the same thing. Like it's 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 yeah, you it's can't there. escape this. You can't es you can't run away from creeping it. authoritarianism by moving. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, and, unless and you move to a country with no history of authoritarianism, like, I don't know, Germany. Uh huh. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's important with, with Canada particularly is that, like, Canada is, like, affected by American political trends, and you see this... Absolutely. Like, like one of, one of the things that I remember looking at when I was when I was looking into, sort of, uh, uh, if, if you look at the history of, like, anti-Asian riots, for example, so yeah. there's this huge wave in 1907 that goes, like, it goes all the way up yep. the West Coast. Goes A the lot Coast, of them in Canada. Coast, and it ends in Toronto. Yeah. Yep. A lot and, of you know, them in Canada. It, it, yeah, and, and you, see, you see that, like, and you see that, like, today, too, where it's like, yeah, the uh, Toronto, I, I think, has the highest rate of, of anti-Asian attacks, like, in North America. Uh, that's not surprising. pretty impressive, considering, <laughs> like, the absolute shit show going on in, like, New York and L.A. and Seattle, and it's like, no, Toronto's <laughs> worse. No, it, it, it's real bad. There's, oh, I, 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 I talk a lot about right. how the far right's getting a lot, a lot, more, a lot stronger of an, of an influence in Alberta. And it is spreading into other eastern eastern provinces, not just inside Quebec. You know, there was the incel attack in Toronto a few years ago that killed, like, I think, like a dozen people. Uh, of course, there was the Quebec um, mosque shooting. There's been a lot of these kind of things popping off, and you know, there's there's even more starting in like uh, British Columbia as well, which is which has a decent far right kind of influence, at least on the eastern side of BC, um, away from like Victoria and from Vancouver. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to like put these together and be like, hey, you know, it's it's worth looking at these countries that we usually view as, you know, generally doing better and be like, no, like it's the same thing is happening there. And it's all it's all part of the same overarching slide rightward that we've seen in both in like the UK. We were even seeing it now in Germany. We're seeing it, you know, in this obviously the states under Trump and in Canada, even though the liberals have won the past few elections, it's still scooting rightward. So yeah, I just wanted to put this thing together. If you want to keep up to date on Canadian stuff, you can check out the Canadian Anti-Hate Network, which does work tracking extremism in Canada. And yeah, that is uh, that is what I put together. Thanks, Garrison. Yeah, you're Thanks, welcome, Garrison. everyone. You're welcome. Well, that's the episode. That's going to do it for us here at It Could Happen Here Today. Come back tomorrow or, you know, whenever, and we'll talk about another part of the world. Maybe, uh, I don't know, Portugal. Fuck it. I I'm, I don't have stuff pulled for Portugal episode. You have to give me well, way more heads up get for it that. Ready by tomorrow. <laughs> no, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> Follow it's us up. on Twitter and Instagram at It Could Happen Here Pod and Coolzone Media. Leave five star reviews, whatever. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.